we are officially back. It's been a good break between the first part of season three, and now we are officially part, oh, we're officially on the second part of season three. So this is going to be episode 11 of season three. And the presence that we have in this episode is very great. This person has been a guest for this podcast, this project and everything. We have Noodle in the call. How are you doing? What's up, everybody? I'm Noodle, she, they pronouns. I'm doing good. I'm feeling happy. I actually just had a Pride Month event that I was able to speak uh, with Matt Ortile from Epic, honestly, from an Epic platform, uh, empowering Filipino youth through collaboration. Uh, He is the author of a new book that you all should go check out. Actually, maybe I should save this for the (laughs) promotions and announcements, huh? Um, But I'm feeling really good right now. Very grateful for what I have. And also just excited to be sharing space with Alfredo. Every time we share space, it's always fulfilling for me. So thanks for having me back on. Wow, wow. Well, I mean, first of all, you had a Pride Month event, like right as Pride Month started. I know. (laughs) It was a quick turnaround. Um, But we we actually started planning for it, I think, in the beginning of last month i saw this meme that was like okay may's over i'm done being asian and now that it's june i'm here to be gay um it's so funny but i think that it's been really nice to sit in both of my identities throughout the course of this month that that are just being highlighted right now on a national level yeah we did a panel discussion with matt ortile he wrote the groom will keep his name and he talks about his experience uh, as a queer Filipino immigrant, I recommend it to you all as well. But yeah, it was a, it's it's been a busy month already. Yo, I've been back on my tip in terms of reading books as of late. So this library stack is getting bigger and bigger. So I'm going to have to add that one to the list too. Like I'm barely finishing up uh, Little Fireflies Everywhere before I start the Hulu series. And then there's other books we were talking about freaking Amanda and Candy's anthology that we both still have to read. So that's another thing. And now you're, you're mentioning this other one. So that's the, the library is starting to get bigger. Once again, it has been a fat minute since I've taken the time to procure new books. Oh my gosh. Don't even get me started. I have this giant stack of books that is just looking at me and I have the audacity to continue ordering new ones. Uh, but Summer's a good time, and now that I'm on a break from school, I get to do voluntary reading. Whether or not it's academic, I get to do reading of my own volition. So we're going to have to be accountability buddies for this summer. Oh, yes, please, because I do have a set of types of books that I need to read over the summer. or Not even just over the summer, but just in general. And I'm starting to get close to that, so I want to make sure that I... I keep myself accountable and hopefully other people will keep me accountable to finishing those books as well. So yeah, this is to, to summer and speaking of summer, it's not quite there yet. And we have what a couple weeks until cancer season comes about. And as we all know, cancer is the Zodiac sign that is like the watery one, the one that's a very reflective and all that kind of stuff. So transitioning into what this episode is supposed to be (laughs) we're pretty much just reflecting on things of the past and the present so i 
wanted to dive more into our history and your history in the community so that way we're able to connect a little bit more um, with the other dots that are in these past episodes and the episodes that will come forth because again this whole season is really about connecting the dots seeing where we lined up because you never know how people are connected in some way shape or form so dang i think out of everyone we have like some of the most um we have a lot of connections but we don't always address it as much just because we're just so used to just living life that we haven't taken as much time to reflect on it as much but i want to start kind of at the beginning this honestly feels like the other episode we recorded like a year ago i just wanted to go into like your origin story once again for the people that don't know quite well so let's hear what your origin story is like for the community oh my gosh you make me sound like this epic main character of an anime like let's let's go into noodles origin story um i love love reflecting i have so much cancer in my chart shout out to cancers i have a rising in venus uh but also gemini's i know it's your season three of the five siblings that i have they are also gemini's and i have so much love for y'all um but yeah origin story Community origins, Unipro origins. What do you think, Alfredo? I think your community origins will lead into the Unipro stuff. Sounds good. Um, this is this is reminding me, and I can't believe our other recorded episode was already a year ago. Uh, congratulations again, by the way, that the podcast is thriving, and I'm so excited that we have also an audio component of documenting history. I love reading. Um, but I think that this is an added layer and I'm, I'm going to be so excited to just come back and revisit our voices cemented here, right? Like on a platform forever for people to kind of just listen in, talk story and, and take from, from what we get to share. So community origins. I like to say that I was born into the community and that I was born into this kind of work. Um but I didn't take up the work until later on. And that's something that I'll probably get into. But my mom and dad, mom was born here, youngest of 10. Dad immigrated here when he was in high school. He actually immigrated to LA in West Covina and he's the middle of seven. And so they both met at UCLA and ended up coming back here to San Diego because my entire mom's side of the family lives out here and that's kind of where my story really begins uh shout out to ucla and samahang filipino at ucla because my parents met in that student org and without you all i truly would not have existed um but back in san diego and this is something that my mom attests to constantly uh the kind of involvement that my family the rukasas had in the city it was very, very prominent. Um, and that really it is in part to my Lola and my Lola's efforts to, to building community as immigrants here to the city, but also people establishing a family and taking care of 10 young children. Um, they really did their part in uplifting the community. And so growing up, a lot of my mom and her siblings were involved in community events, pasaka, dancing, uh, 
that Filipino American educators, uh, which eventually expanded to all of California, everybody kind of found their pocket, things that empowered them. Shout out to Southwestern College and Pakakaisa because a lot of my uncles went through that as well. And their activism, their involvement in community really came from the values of family and faith that my Lola and Lolo passed on to them. Um, my uncle Robert, my Ninong Tony, and my mom all ended up going to UCLA where they became members of Samahang Filipino and, and brought over a lot of what they learned in San Diego and a lot of what they learned in these community spaces. They brought the lessons from Pasaka into the Filipino cultural night dancing. Um, they brought, actually, they brought a lot of that performance aspect from Pagka at Southwestern College, and that's a little lesser known history, but that was really implemented up at UCLA as well. Um, and through their leadership, I think Samahang had experienced a lot of different milestones in its own organizational journey. Uh, and that was where my mom and my dad met. So in the spirit of community, very, very different people were brought together and they had me. They had me. They had me and my four younger siblings here in San Diego. And they kind of like my mom's parents tried to bring us into community events. Shout out to Philamfest, Pasakat. I watched the performances as a child. Um, there are so many of these events that I attended, but I think I talked a little bit about this in the first episode that we did. It felt a little bit to me the way that I felt about Catholicism. So I was raised Catholic. Um, I do believe in spirituality, and I think I'm trying to identify you know, faith that I find truth in. But growing up, I was put through CCD, and that's a Catholic education on the side of my public school education. And I felt like it was kind of being imparted on me and almost forcing me to participate. That's kind of how I felt about being Filipino American. Um, I kept going to these events, meeting these people, this is your uncle, this is your auntie, or we're going to go listen to this. We're going to watch this. And I honestly really took it for granted. I grew up in Benita, California. It's always going to be my home. Um, but with a degree of privilege, I didn't really feel the need to engage with my identity on a deep level, on a political level, um, and on a very intentional level because I was used to routine. I was used to being handed, you know, places that I needed to go, things that I needed to do. And so when I finally was making decisions for college, um, I had narrowed it down to UC Berkeley and UCLA. Um, I originally wanted to be a vet. And somebody told me, I think it was a family friend, that I should probably just be a doctor. Same amount of schooling, but I get to help people and I love people, so I said, mm, easy switch. It expanded my options, and what it came down to was two things. Distance from home and identity and community cultural exploration. I didn't have a lot of people who could vouch for Berkeley and what their student org community was like out there, but my parents, they, they always showed us videos of their old performances 
every year we meet up with their best friends and we call them the LA family and their kids. And we were just raised with this idea that community and chosen family from those spaces, they're for everything. And so I never really got the opportunity to do that identity exploration at Benita because our, uh, our Filipino club kind of disbanded while I was a student. And I felt that maybe this could be my opportunity to get connected with my culture. I identify as a second generation Filipino American. Um, generationally, my dad is an immigrant and my mom was born here. And I think education wise, I am a second generation college graduate. And so with that and those added layers of identity, I ended up choosing UCLA and I loved it. Bless my parents' heart. They never told me that I had to do any Filipino organizing. They never told me what major to be. They just said, as long as you put in the work, you are going to find what resonates with you and what you want to do. But you're the only person who can figure that out. We're here to support you and share our story in hopes that you might be able to relate to some of it and then eventually we'll be able to choose your own path. Um, and that freedom and trust that they gave me, I think was very empowering because not between you and me anymore, not that this is on the podcast, but me choosing not to engage with my identity before college, I had also internalized some of the dislike to our culture. I don't want to call it internalized hate, uh, but I grew up in the era of Swagapinos and illest pinos and i think that this is now what i'm understanding to be a national phenomenon uh but for anybody who was in t- on tumblr from like 2009 to 2013 you know what i'm talking about and i think i didn't want to be associated with some of those folks that i saw around the community because to me they felt very disrespectful and i was like what is it about filipinos that like we are generating this kind of uh what's the word, reputation for ourselves. And so I was like, I don't know if I really identify with them. But in college, I tried to give myself a chance. And it took some time. It wasn't just, oh, everything clicked. But I found my way into Samahang and eventually went through all of their programs and into their leadership. And at the end of it, I ended up serving as president. So not only am I a Bruin baby to Bruin parents, but we all held uh, the president position. And that's something that's really special about my community cultural wealth and my my legacy capital that my parents have gifted me lots of skills, lots of connections, um, and lots of empathy, because I think they, they saw me, and they could tell, you know, what I was going through, though it was different. They always, always lended support and encouragement for me. So fast forward, spent wonderful four years at UCLA, graduated with Asian American studies degrees and human biology studies degrees. And 2018 rolled around so quickly. Uh, this is really where Unipro comes in. And shout out to Anthony de Guzman. I hope you're listening to this and you gotta give flowers where flowers are due. We were at a family party. And I was telling him about how lost I felt after postgrad. I was just 
missing Samahang. I had given my life to this organization and this family for four years. And all of a sudden, you know, I'm an alumni. And those connections never stop. I still have best friends from the community. My current partner is somebody I met in the community. We served in leadership together. We danced in the same suite. And forever grateful for Samahang. But I felt so lost and empty and I was telling him, like, what what can I do as a young person trying to, A, figure out my career, <laughs> but also, B, continue the work that I was doing? Not only was it fun, right, fun for people, but it, it felt meaningful to me to, to serve the community, to be a part of movements that were bigger than me, because I've always been a part of something that's bigger than me, whether or not I wanted to take ownership of it. And... He said, you know what, cousin, you should meet Alicia. She is our president and we should talk about it. We should talk about Unipro and what you want to do. And the rest is history. I think July of 2018 was when we got to get breakfast sandwiches at this little shop next to the bike shop on Benita Road for all you San Diego locals who know what I'm talking about. And they just welcomed me with open arms. It was immediate. And I was worried, you know, I was worried that I didn't know anybody. I had no idea about what San Diego was like. I wasn't invested or involved before I left for college. And now that I went to school and came back, I didn't want to seem like, you know, I'm just going to step in and, and try to take over things. But they really addressed all of those things with like, we are here to welcome any member of the community and we want you to do what you want to do. And so right after that, we jumped into planning Summit 2018, which was held with USD. We did a collaboration for Ugnayan Summit, the Isang Baksak, La Lucha Sige. And that was honestly my best introduction into Unipro. I, we went straight into programming a whole summit. And within that weekend, I got to meet a handful of people from all of our national sister chapters and it felt like a whirlwind. I think that summit really triggered this thought in me. It felt very natural for me to be in Unipro and to be doing the work, but I was also a different person than I was when I graduated. And so I spent a lot of 2019 looking for my why to do community while being able to serve in high school conference workshops and, and do meetings with Unipro. I was really looking for my why because the legacy that I'd been a part of through my parents will always exist within the Samahang space at UCLA. And even the legacy that my mom's family has in San Diego will always, always exist. But I, I came to this crossroad where I realized it was my turn to forge my own path. And I was afraid of doing that. Honestly, it felt like a really big risk and I didn't know what to do. And I think I realized that like, you know, nobody is going to tell me what I'm meant to do, what I want to do. That's only, again, something that I could find out. So I joined Unipro because I was a young, fresh graduate looking for leadership development and more importantly, looking for a community. And I'm still here now. Three years later, I can't believe I'm going on my three years Y'all, Alfredo and I were just chatting a little bit about this earlier, and it doesn't feel like it's been that long, but I do feel like I've known people in the chapter for lifetimes, and that's something that I'm so, so grateful for. 
but yeah, here we are. And I haven't stopped joining community spaces. I think I turned 25 in August. Shout out to all my Virgos. Um, But as I'm reaching this point in my life, I'm halfway through my master's program for educational leadership at SDSU. Um, I'm realizing that I do want to commit to maybe one or two things instead of four or five. And Unipro has consistently been that space that I want to be a part of, that community that I want to do work with and for. And I'm just really grateful that the people that have helped raise me into this community are now some of my biggest collaborators and my best friends out here in San Diego and really made my transition back into the community great and when we really sit back and look at how connected we are to everybody in the city and even on a regional level I am always surprised but this is a very friendly reminder from the universe that we are all interconnected whether we can see those three degrees of connection or not long answer super long answer Oh, okay. Now that you're saying all this again, it's really making me think that the stuff that your family did back in the day, uh, more specifically, like your mom's family back in, I don't remember the exact years when they started planting their seeds and everything, but I'm starting to see this tree that's been branching out that's and branching out and essentially getting us to the point where we're at now because every single water that has been spilled onto the tree was because of the lineage that was um, doing all the work previous, like your, your uncles, your mom, your dad, they were doing so much in San Diego as well as in uh, LA too. So it's, it's wild hearing this story again, because one, a lot of this stuff is really only going to be covered in this kind of platform. And two, not a lot of people know the history of how some people came up in our own San Diego community. And some of this will not be uh, covered in books like it, it should be like it, it doesn't necessarily have to be covered in a book. But at the end of the day, this is still San Diego history. This is still SoCal history. This is still American history that is um, going on like that. That's why I feel like it's so important to bring in these kind of conversations because you never know where those connections are, are going to be at. And what's wild is you mentioned that your parents were instilling that idea of you like forging your own path, finding your own path, not forcing you to do a certain thing. You're just trying to find whatever works for you. And I feel like after what, after summit, like, what, was it during that time or was it even before that time? Maybe it was sometime after you said graduation, like you were trying to find uh, your own path when it came to things. And it just like what, what your parents were saying just came to, to truth. Like you were just trying to find what you were looking for. And I feel like you're still doing that to this day and dang, dang, I, we, we physically met at a point when Unipro was probably at its busiest the fact that <laughs> you were pretty much thrown into a conference not even a few weeks after you had that conversation with anthony and alicia it's just like hey we're doing this conference that's gonna happen in just a couple months so yeah we're gonna need as much help as we can get we did have a lot of help from usd but wow 
the the amount of help that you were able to provide and the amount of help that other people were able to provide was so so much and it's wild because i bring this up every time our summit is brought up in any kind of unipro national conversation everyone always says like hey this is my my favorite one every time i have a conversation with trish chanel kevin like i think one of the last conversations i had with them together it was like hey what was your favorite uh, summit or what was your favorite unipro event they always talk about san diego's thing and wow it's all of what happened during that summit and now that i think about it is really because of those connections that we had in the past like all those collaborations all those events that uh, people participated even before unipro was formed really just culminated into this one big event and i feel like that whole aspect of family and that whole aspect of community is really what brought us all together and I feel like that's what made people feel like it was home it felt like it was a place where they felt safe they could learn they could meet people do all those kinds of things and it's weird because yeah we're essentially setting that off for the community now we're getting to that age of life where we're starting to transition people in we're starting to be those mentors for people and it's like yeah going down that whole line of mentorship and everything like what your mom was one of the people that mentored Atta Christi Kiyogi. And then <laughs> she was one of the people that mentored our Atta Lizelle, And Atta Lizelle was one of the people that mentored us. And now we're going into this cycle of mentorship where we're giving to our future interns. And I think by the time this episode goes up, our internship program for Unipro should be complete. And I think if I'm, cor if I'm correct, we might be past our, like fun retreat if it does happen but yeah it's just this cycle that continues to happen i'm happy that all the people that came before were the ones that really set it up because if it weren't for them we probably would not be in the same position that we are today <laughs> i just gotta you know take a breath there and and, and pause because we are looking at such a vast vast amount of of wealth of community cultural wealth and i know i mentioned it earlier earlier hello earlier um yoso's cultural wealth model um basically is just talking about you know six different types of capital that people usually educational leaders but people can use to frame their interactions with students particularly minoritized members of minoritized communities and what it sounds like so much of it, it really could apply to all six of these but especially resistance capital and resistance capital it can come in a lot of different sources different forms and they talk about from parents from community members and historical legacy of engaging in social justice um basically how our history and all the movements that all the seeds that are planted those kinds of things that prepare generations to come for the better to be positioned in in a different way to continue the work i feel like that's what we inherited and what a gift you know like what a what a huge gift it is and to to sort through the way that we feel about getting this gift it's it can be daunting for me personally I think that was like what I had to work through. It was a lot of ego 
right? It was a lot of my ego being like, you're never going to be able to do X, Y, and Z, or you won't be like this person that mentored you or people who are your peers are just, you know, they're trailblazing. And a lot of it felt like imposterism and a lot of it definitely was ego. And at some point, I wrote about this in my senior thesis for Asian American studies. I wrote about how legacy, while it, it's meant to be an empowering tool, it felt like paralyzing. And I don't know if expectations to live up a certain way were even being placed on me by people who came before me, or if that was something that I was creating in my own mind. And so when I hear about and have the opportunity to reflect with you and other folks about San Diego, about Unipro, about my own family, I now am at a point where I appreciate so much of the resistance capital that I've inherited. And I know that it's an invitation to put our own spin on it. No amount of history, no amount of legacy is really meant to trap the people who are currently in the movement because what the movement needs and I think what liberation requires is innovation, creativity. It, it, it demands us to think outside of the box to create something that's new or something that's different because sometimes old ways don't serve us. And even within our own spaces, you and I and the chapter, we've had to like reevaluate, reassess, write new, write new guidelines, write new constitutions, have new people come in have people leave because they it's their time and I think that is such a beautiful part of this work and that's why I'm really excited to record this episode with you and talk about and reflect on points of connection and points of legacy because what we're about to do with this internship program for all the folks who are listening San Diego is launching our very first internship program very inspired by our sister chapters very inspired by other youth um, organizing entities, especially Phil Am youth organizing entities. Uh, we are launching our first internship program. It's now June. It's going to be a two-month program, and we have a new cohort of folks ranging from all different backgrounds, all different ages, and this is really our opportunity as educators, as facilitators, as community members to open the door and invite in different perspectives and in and different lessons and different teachers and co-create something, co-create change, co-create our community with them. I'm, I'm honestly just so excited to see this kick off. I'm really, really grateful to be in a position where I'm serving as the director of the program. And for the listeners, uh, Alfredo and Ali really spearheaded the co-curriculum development for this program. It's so cool. I want to take it, which I probably will. Um, but this is this is that opportunity that I'm that I'm kind of alluding to. And this is our opportunity to kind of contribute to that resistance capital that we inherited. It's honestly gonna be so cool to look back and see whatever Unipro decides to do after this year. Hopefully it's because they feel empowered to, to do whatever they want to do. And as a result of like kind of seeing us do what we've been wanting to do as well. Yeah, honestly, I don't know what it is. You mentioned it before about the whole legacy and then the inheritance of all these things. I don't even know where some of that is coming from in terms of the weight that 
we feel like is on our shoulders or the weight that we pretty mm. much put on our shoulders. Because like, if you look at some of the people that came before us, just naming off names, like you have people like Sal Floor, mm-hmm. Felix Touye. Uh, I mean, your whole family for that matter, mm-hmm. you have people like the late Dr. Ray Monzon mm-hmm. that came before us. And then we have like our mentors like Ate Christi Kiyogi, Lizel Ramos, Julius Alejandro, and even some of like our newer mentors like Andrew and Amanda Amaral. Like you have so many of these people have who have done great things in this community. And again, I'm not even sure where some of this weight is coming from or if it's just self-imposed, but there's this kind of pressure that I feel like is on our shoulders at times, like wow, these are so many great people like you read and heard their stories and everything. It's like, oh no, what if I'm not able to reach that same potential or if what I'm not, if I'm not able to carry what they were able to do before. But like, like you said, I mean, they don't even go say that, oh yeah, you're this pressure on yourself. They're really just inviting us to pretty much put a, a new twist on things. We're trying to just see what we could do with what they passed down, see how we could either change it, improve it, or maybe even add on to it. And that's pretty much how this whole cycle of mentorship is going. Like looking at um, the application that we had for like the internship and everything, I see a different generation of leaders that are coming up, whether they choose to be in Unipro or not, they're going to make some kind of change in whatever aspect of community that they're in. It may be on a student level, it may be on a professional level, it may be on a community level, but it's really just a matter of how they choose to do what they feel is best because that's what we were brought up to do. We felt like this needed to change. We needed to add on to this kind of thing. And that's, I'm pretty sure that's how it was even before like, your parents' time or before Sal's time or even before that time. It was just trying to figure out how to get our feet wet or do whatever we felt was right in the community. And it's just, I don't know, it's just this constant cycle of things. And again, I'm super excited for this internship program. I think, again, I think by this episode, our program should be done. But it's funny because looking at this episode and what the first workshop is supposed to be, which is I think next week by after this recording, it's pretty much the same kind of vibe or the same kind of um, theme that goes along with this episode. It's really just about looking at foundation, reflecting on how things have come to the past and just see where those dots are connected. Like you're, you're probably going to see it next week and I'm pretty sure. Yeah. You not even probably, you are going to be seeing it next week, but I made this little, um, this little chart with our faces on them. (laughs) And I wanted to see where, the connections were between ourselves um, individually with orgs and then how our connections were with um, other organizations as Unipro as a whole. And to see how much connection we have all together is pretty wild. It started to get a little messy, but that was pretty much the intention behind those connections. Because again, we have so many connections with things like we have connections with uh, Pasa, we have connections with FCC, we have plenty of connections with organizations and individuals in the community like what San Diego Filipino Cinema, Filipino American National Historical Society of San Diego and national, pretty much every single Unipro chapter of PhilomFest, Pagasa Law Clinic, pretty much everything that's in the community now, whether it be a direct connection or be a connection of a connection. And it's just 
this entire web of people that just know each other somehow and sometimes it gets even a little bit deeper than just organizational like you have that familial connection with anthony as cousins and then anthony kathy and my ata lauren and i have this kuya ata adding um lineage too so it's just like there's so many connections that are within the community that sometimes we don't get the chance to reflect on because we're kind of just moving so much but at the end of the day like hey your connections are here and we should take the time to to look at them a little bit more absolutely i feel like there's so much being dropped in this in this one conversation as it always does because like you said there is no end i think to the amount of connections or to the amount of uh good stuff like is, is there a better word for that there, there definitely is but good stuff that we're able to get from community um and something that shout out to rise san diego i was able to be one of their 2019 fellows and they really helped me on my uh, san diego community involvement journey but something that they taught me was just no matter what kind of pressures or expectations or voices you're hearing you might have to accept that they might be true or they might not be true, or there might be some variation in between, like there is a continuum of possibilities of where you could end up. And just accepting that right now, you're not at any of those possibilities. Like we, we really don't know the end until we're at the end. So I think that between you and I, <laughs> and this community chart, I can't wait to see it. It kind of feels like the retreat activity that we did it is three degrees of connection. And I'm, I'm referring to like the six degrees of separation conversation. But if you reframe it, and I think this is something I talked to Ata Christie about, is if you reframe it in the frame of connection versus like separation, things do really open up. And there are so many points of connection that we might be missing or just might not have because we don't set aside time to do this conversation right to do this reflecting on where we've been where we are and where we want to go um even just reminiscing or catching up about how folks from the before times before unipro time before covid time are now intersecting here in san diego and like reuniting and and sharing space again like again all points of connection that were born from this idea of community so I, I can't believe by the time that this episode airs, like you, you put it into perspective for me, by the time this episode airs, our program may be done. But I feel like that is a great metaphor for like the seeds that are planted by people who come before us, the seeds that we're planting now, is that they will come to fruition over time and we may or may not even be there to see it happen but it's seeded with faith that they will bloom and they will blossom under the circumstances that, you know, are meant for it to come out and, and really flower. So I'm excited to see where this goes. I honestly just keep saying those words, but it really is an honor outside of the fact that we're friends and that we organize together. I think a podcast like this, a storytelling session like this is really beneficial for myself and my healing and my journey, but also for the community as a whole. Um, and I can't wait to share it with, you know, the next generations of whoever. Dang, it, it's wild. So 
I had this conversation with our good friend Ria a couple, I don't even think it was a couple months ago. It was probably, I think it was right before my birthday. And one thing that she brought up is that we have certain conversations for a certain reason. Mm-hmm. And now that you say that, oh yeah, we're having this conversation right after Memorial Day and also right after everything starts to open up, it's just really making me think, I mean, I feel like this is one of those reasons why we need to have this conversation at this time, because I feel like we probably wouldn't be able to reflect on these things as much if we weren't going back into, I keep wanting to say normal life, but it isn't technically normal. It's just this evolved state of life. We're going into this evolved state of life back into the physical workspace. We're going back into these meeting spaces. We're starting to go back outside. We're going back to these possible events and stuff and it's really just making me think there's people that really set it off there's people that did stuff during the COVID-19 pandemic that really deserve their kind of uh, recognition because without them we probably wouldn't have been as safe people wouldn't have gotten as much access and to just go outside of that whole perspective that that pretty much just goes along with everything that's happened in the past so I'm really happy that we had the time today to really reflect on that because this could be beneficial for whoever may be listening to this because, again, some of these stories will not be recorded on physical paper. Sometimes things like this may only exist in the digital realm and more specifically in the, the auditory realm. So, yeah, I'm super thankful that you had time today to really get down to reflect on this, this kind of stuff because, again, we really need more things like this. And I'm excited to see where this goes because you pretty much alongside Noel and Anthony, you opened up such a big wormhole because like what your whole family alone could probably suffice for one entire season, just because there's just that much history that's been there. And the amount of lineage that comes afterwards, it's like, Whoa, this is even bigger than I thought. I'm still going to keep this to like 20 episodes or so, but it's just like food for thought. Like, yo, there's people out there that have these good kind of stories and we really should not be taking those um, connections for granted because they're so important to all of us. Oh my gosh. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, and you mentioned it too, the passing, the late Dr. Ray Manzan, who also was connected to my uncle. Like it's, it's just, they are our elders now. And I think that this podcast always, always gives me ideas of how I want to document my life, how I want to connect with the community and document our history, my family's history. Um, And you have to give flowers where flowers are due. And I think this is one way that we're able to do that and reflect with that good intention of like uplifting the key, the key people, the key players and the key moments that make us who we are. And Honestly, shout out to Unipro. Shout out to Unipro San Diego for going through this over a year of COVID, um, coming into the year straight out of retreat, thinking we're going to do things in person, and then managing our chapter online was no easy feat. And if we are giving flowers where flowers are due, Ali, my forever Coco, if you're listening to this, Thank you for your leadership. You've definitely helped me get through this year. Alfredo, you too, like to no end, have been a constant force of accountability and support. Um, And then Jermaine and Kathy, always, Alicia and Anthony, always. 
But yeah, it's been such an incredible experience for me. Super humbling to kind of see where my skills are at as far as like taking what I've learned in person, the summation of all my experiences and and things that I want to do and seeing if I can do it virtually has been truly a challenge. But it's given me a whole different perspective on organizing, accessibility of organizing, intention of organizing. But then it's also given me a lot of new skills like mastering Zoom (laughs) or uh, mastering energy management because I cannot live on a screen forever. And also just the importance of coming together and and bringing community together and serving because the work doesn't stop for a pandemic, certainly doesn't stop for me to to take some time to process the way that life goes. Um, But it is important to get connected with the people that are anchoring you and grounding you in the space. And that's honestly what the chapter has done. So I am so proud of everybody you doing all your other projects as well on top of Unipro stuff. I'm I'm honestly just amazed at how much people have still been able to give in a time that feels like it's still taking away from our community and from the world, from humanity. And so it gives me hope. It gives me so much hope for the future of Unipro, future of leadership next year. We might witness new leadership in our chapter, in our board of directors, and also with our interns. Just we have no idea how these next two months are going to go, but I have so much faith in the people who showed up. They want to be there. They want to do the work. And I know they're going to take everything that resonates with them and spread that because I know that the intention behind internship and I think maybe everything that we do is to be a bridge versus gatekeep there's there's no reason why the rest of the community and the people that we love can't have access to all the wealth that we've been able to accumulate that has been gifted to us and I think it is our responsibility as members of the community as leaders to keep giving to keep on giving to future generations um, and to the people who have put us here so yeah, and I know Unipro is not the only one doing it, which makes me even more empowered and even more uh, grateful to do the work because we are all moving. We are all moving in ways that are necessary for our communities, and that makes me really hopeful. Well, I know we're probably going to have this conversation again sometime maybe later, like late this year, or maybe even early next year. But yeah, I think it's also getting to that point and just how we we talk about things that, hey, we're, we're probably going to be transitioning out of some of these positions soon. Like, we're not going to be in these things forever. We're probably going to be um, putting our energy elsewhere. And while history is going to be made there, it's so important to really look back at some of this history because like what you were saying like right after retreat we were leaving Ali's apartment and we were just like hey we'll see y'all in two weeks two weeks turn into uh, like a year and almost a year and a half and honestly our chapter our e-board did not foresee all this digital organizing but we still went through it and honestly I'm really excited to tell some of these stories when 
I mean, we're pretty much already out now, but it's going to be exciting to really sit with some people in the next generation or even, wow, when we start our internship program next week to even mention some of this because, wow, a lot of, I've seen a lot of people become very resilient. I've seen p- people continue to, to organize and do all this kind of community work despite having to be on Zoom, despite having to social distance, despite having to go through some rough family patches that I've seen in people because of this pandemic. Mm -hmm, So mm -hmm. yeah, I'm really excited to tell more of these stories and I'm excited to hear it because in terms of organizing history, this is probably like one of the biggest points because again, I've seen so many people grow from it. I've seen people take a lot of uh, lessons. I've seen a lot of people get introduced to community this way and it's going to be very big. And like you said, we're at this point where we're starting to pass down a lot more knowledge and really invite the people that are in these spaces or even these new people that are coming into these spaces to be like, Hey, we're inviting you to learn from us, take what you need, continue to receive what we're, we're giving out there because yes, this is important information, but we do want you to pretty much take it in whatever direction you want. And again, like I'm going to keep saying this, but it really is that cycle of, mentorship this kind of cycle of community giving and at at some point like recognition not too i i'm kind of like cringy with recognition sometimes like (laughs) i still cringe whenever people try to compliment me and stuff but there's going to be people giving us this kind of recognition much later down the line because we've been doing that with anthony alicia roman julius lizel for even starting unipro in the first place and raga and noel and iris too like Without them, we probably wouldn't be having this conversation or we wouldn't be reflecting as we are to this day. So again, giving flowers where flowers is due and that cycle is just going to continue going on. And I feel like that's a good thing to, yeah, just leave ourselves on because it's there will be like this constant giving of flowers. And then next thing you know, you're going to be seeing this community garden that's going to bloom into the universe and it's weird thinking about that because I just visualized it too, but it's, it's really what it is. Like we're growing, we're, oh man, now I'm starting to go into Lumica territory. We are growing, we are here kind of stuff, but yeah, it's really just this garden that's being planted by every single person that's here. Oh my gosh. I love how that visual really came full circle in full force. Um, I think that's a beautiful place to park it too. I think like, you and I, we aren't ever going to be able to predict the way that the garden will look. And that's because we're not fortune tellers. But I think that's also part of the uh, excitement and part of the life factor, right? That you and I and anybody who's doing this work, we can't plan for a specific outcome. We really don't know what's going to emerge as a result of the actions that we take. But we can only hope, right, that they do bloom as they need and that people will also be inspired to plant their own gardens because gardens feed people and we're talking about moving communities and sustaining communities I think that this is definitely one of those ways that we can do that um I'm all happy look at me I'm all smiling you I know you can't see it I know this is a podcast but I I really do feel grateful for the time that we've had to talk about this today too gosh like If there's any advice that I have for people is find those things that move them, things that are interesting to them. 
if they are community spaces, which it could be really beneficial, especially if you want to help change this world that we live in, uh, to get organized with groups and, and kind of meet people and build with them. I would highly, highly recommend that. But if there's anything that this past year has taught me, it's that investing in what you need and investing in yourself and then really taking the time to nurture that relationship and get to know what you want and what you need um, is super important because you can really only make these connections that we've been talking about and join these spaces and go as deep as you've met yourself, as deeply as you met yourself. Um, and so there is a lot of time and energy I personally feel like that needs to go into the reflection, the exploration and the creation. But if anybody who's listening is, has been thinking about doing that, I would say that this is your affirmation to do so because the world is waiting for you to step into your power and into your pocket or multiple pockets. And you never know who is going to be touched and inspired by those kinds of actions. It's just the simple act of you choosing yourself um, can go a really, really long way. So that's honestly, that's, that's the advice that I have. Come join Unipro if you're interested. I love Unipro so much. Shout out our chapter, shout out national, shout out the work that our community has been doing in San Diego. Um, Asian Solidarity Collective, the API Coalition, you all continue to inspire me, Black Lives Matter. Everybody has been pretty consistent and constant in their force and pursuit of justice. And I think that it is really inspiring to have such big giants in our community alongside us. Um, so yeah, that's, that's my piece. Oh man, on that note, really like, kind of serious kind of not but seriously though bet just do it like whatever you're thinking right now like just do it if you want to join community like do it if you want to go ahead and like plant those calamansi trees in that garden if you want to plant those i'm thinking about the flowers that are animal crossing it's like not even coming up in my mind but if you want to plant any of those kinds of flowers those red tulips those yellow mums all of those kinds of things like you have that power you have that force you have everything in your like i don't know you have everything in your will to do that whatever you choose to plant like there are going to be people that will continue to upkeep that garden whether you choose to plant some of the stuff that people planted before if you want to plant new seeds if you want to plant something that's completely different or plant something that's needed for the community this is your permission to do that like not that you need a permission but this is just your reminder that you have everything in your power to do so. And I feel like this whole garden metaphor, analogy, simile type thing is probably like the best way just to add on to what you were saying. Like everyone has the power for it. Like we've come from such a strong lineage of people that have been a very consistent in the things that they do. And it's like, yeah, let's just continue to go build on this garden, continue to upkeep everything that we have on here and, yeah, continue to, to grow and make sure that people are able to eat and stuff like that. Snaps to that, my friend. All with love and in love. Happy Pride Month. Queer up your idea of what it means to be in community, what it means to share and give love, nurture those flowers. Um, we are such expansive beings in and out. 
And I am so, so excited, Operator, to see where the rest of your podcast journey takes you. Thank you for having me. It's an honor being able to be interviewed alongside people that I respect so much that I that I am so grateful for their friendships. And I cannot wait to see what this year has in store for us. Oh, before we ended up, was there any last like shout outs or plugs that you may have before we go on to like some of the previews of what's to come? Oh my gosh, more shout outs, more shout outs. I think I'm, I'm, I'm like kind of a shout out machine. Um, I'm in a bit of a transition in a lot of the spaces that I'm in, but shout out my Lola for being the family comedian. I think she is the most funny person in my household right now. Uh, she's also 89. Shout out to my Pisces because she is one of the most fiery Pisces that I know. Um, but on the topic of family, I really am nothing without them. And so I know a lot of my shout outs were to organizations, but to my family who, if they ever get a chance to listen to this, I really am because you are. And I'm so excited to continue to tell our stories to the future generations to come um, because they've really, really empowered me to be who I am today. Other than that, shout out me. Honestly, big shout out to me. I'm working on giving myself affirmations and we've gone through a lot this year, me and myself. So I'm really proud of how far we've come. And though there is always going to be a laundry list of things that want to be done, need to be done um, day by day, day by day, uh, I am grateful that my body and myself have been able to carry me through this pandemic and will be carrying me into the transition back into the outside world. Wow, wow. Honestly, thank you again for being on this and kind of going on the preview tip. This season has been the biggest one that I have been putting together and just thinking about some of this behind the scenes because it's an ever growing season. Like it's not not everything is solidified in this. So things may change up and now it's inspiring me to really take it more onto like the lineage and legacy side of things. It's still covering history and everything, but it's really just making me think like, where are these points of lineage? So thank you for taking the time to open up that little rabbit hole of (laughs) a legacy that we have here in the community. And most importantly, thank you for taking the time again, especially since it is pretty much your, your summer now, like you have so many big plans and I hope you really have like a, a good summer this time around. Thank you so much, Alfredo. It means the world to me. Thank you, seriously. Yeah, and with that being said, thank y'all, especially to you that are listening to this first episode of the second part of season three. There's going to be a lot more to come. Just make sure to stay tuned on Instagram and all other social media. And until the next episode, we will catch y'all later. Peace. Bye.